Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Microsoft Podcast. I know it's been a long time since I've done this, and I'm very excited to be back and to be offering this podcast on a weekly basis. This is a new season. Um, This will be the first episode of what we're going to refer to as our soul food season. And I'll, I'll bring you up to speed on what that means and why we're calling it that and what we're doing in a little bit. Um, but for those of you who are tuning in, maybe this is your first time tuning in, I do want to let you know, and, and only this time, I'm not going to go through this every single episode as I used to do, unfortunately. Um, I, I just I want to tell you why I do this podcast, what this means to me, and why this is being put out into the world. So um, I'm a bivocational pastor, which means I have planted a church um, – in uh, Marysville, Washington, and we have this wonderful, exciting idea for a church, which is a very different idea than any church that I've ever been at. And we don't live in the most affluent community. And we, you know, in planting the church, we discovered early on that if we wanted to do the kind of church that we, that God had kind of put the vision in us to do, um, that we were not going to be paid a full-time salary um, right off the bat. And so what I ended up having to do after a few years of, after planting the church was start working outside the church. And right now I work full-time outside the church. And these last years in doing this, that's the first time I've ever done that in my ministry career. Um, From college, ever since college, I mean, I've I've worked full-time in ministry. And what I've realized as I've gone to work outside of the church is that it, I mean, it's a lot different. Um, I'm really having to try to live out the kind of things that I teach. Um, otherwise I would be, um, I I guess you would call it a giant hypocrite. And, um, so I'm trying to live out what I'm teaching on Sunday mornings. And not only that, I'm trying to live it before I teach it. So I have some experience to come from when I'm teaching it on Sundays. Hopefully that makes sense. So what I go through in this podcast every week is at, at, at the beginning of the week, I will record this message, which you're getting from the beginning of the week. Um, I'll record the first half of the podcast. The second half of the podcast I'll record at the end of the week, or at least the last segment will be recorded at the end of the week. At the beginning of the week, I'm going to share with you my devotion, what I'm going through, what I'm really challenging myself with, and what I'm finding for myself in scripture. And I'm living it out for a week. And as a guinea pig, I'm trying to test to see how did this go? So generally, I will record the first bit of this podcast on like a Monday morning while I'm on my way to work, and I'll record the last bit of this podcast, usually on Saturday, you know, Friday or Saturday, usually on Saturday, really in the afternoon or evening as I'm coming home um, from work. And and I'm reporting to you, how did it work? Did I fail? Did I succeed? What did I learn? What would I do different next time? And I'm trying to build on it from week to week, where what I put to work this week in my life, hopefully I don't just do for a week and then stop. I'm hoping to continue doing that. And so, so that's what I'm doing in this podcast. I'm using this not only for people who attend Hillside Church, uh, which is my church, um, but also for, for anybody who were to stumble across this and say, I'd like to have a podcast to listen to that would help me 
and, and maybe guide me as I make these similar decisions. Because one of the things that, that you need to know about a pastor who works bivocationally, um, there's nothing special about being a pastor that causes me to be more holy, more obedient, more righteous, more anything than anybody else. Um, pastors don't have special, you know, God dust that, that he sprinkled only upon us in order to follow his will better than anybody else. Um, we, we're the same type of people. And what I've realized is that, you know, I have many, you know, and going through this podcast and, and through the series so far, I definitely have realized that, um, there's many flaws in who I am and many things that I've had to work on. And I hope that in the past in this podcast, I've been pretty transparent about some of those issues and some of those problems. And I plan to be transparent, um, going forward. So let me tell you why this particular season and what we're starting this week is going to be different than what we've been doing in the past. And for those of you who are Hillside attenders, a little bit of this will sound like a review from the last couple times that I've taught. And, you know, so be it. I, I, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about here. So so here, here's the deal. And I want to make sure I understand what I'm talking about here, by the way. Um, what I am talking about is I, I have come to a point in my life where working bivocationally, I mean, pastoring a church and working full-time outside of the church. And my, my full-time job outside of the church is uh, I'm the director of golf and instruction at a golf course. So I'm the head pro of the golf course, the general manager of the golf course, um, the main teacher at the golf course, as well as the leader of the staff. So I've got, you know, a bunch of employees who work under me and, um, you know, I oversee, you know, everything from how the point of sale system works and the employees who are manning that to, you know, customer complaints to, you know, teaching people how to golf and helping the men's and ladies clubs and, and all that stuff. I mean, there's tons of stuff, tournaments, all, all that sort of stuff that goes into doing this, balancing budgets, you know, just there's, there's a lot that, um, that I deal with in, in my job. And so it is not only a full-time job, it's really more than a full-time job, to be honest, um, because I, I teach when I'm off the clock. And so that's extra hours and and during part of the year, I coach the high school golf team, and that's extra salary for me, and it's important for me. And one of my favorite things in the entire world to do is to coach the high school team. Um, two-time, by the way, uh, repeating two-time reigning Wesco North champions, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, so, you know, things are going well, and it's it's exciting, but there's a lot going on. And sharing that with the church board and sharing it with the church, I've just had to say I've been a bit overwhelmed because it's a lot. I mean, it really is a lot. Um, and, and so over these last few months, one of the things that I've realized as I had a friend who came to me and said, Mike, I really think that you need to take care of your soul. Um, that's something that I, I really decided was important for me to actually do. Only what I came across was this, like, I'm not entirely sure what a soul is and how to take care of it. I mean, I know I have my ideas, my, my concepts that have come from reading little bits of scripture, but I don't know that I've ever sat down and looked at, now tell me exactly what a soul is. I, I, I see scriptures that are about it, mostly in the Old Testament, by the way, um, scriptures about the soul. And I think that people have had kind of this this thought. And what, one of my favorite um, uh, little allusions to it and, and stories about it was John Orberg, who writes a book called Soul Keeping, which I would recommend to all of you. Fantastic book um, where he said, you know, we, we got a lot of our concept from the soul from people who would say things like 
the soul is the part of us that lives on after we die. Or in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where Daffy Duck would get shot by Elmer Fudd, and you would see this apparition float up out of his body, and it was kind of like a, a weak reflection of who Daffy Duck really was, and that was supposed to be, you know, his soul going up to heaven or, or whatever, or maybe it was his ghost, I don't know. But, but even there, we're, we're saying, is your ghost your soul? Is your soul your ghost? What, what, what are we talking about when we talk about soul? And one of the things that we learn in John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping, in his conversations with Dallas Willard, one of the greatest theologians of, of our time, who just passed away a couple of years ago, Dallas Willard said, the soul isn't a part of us. The soul isn't just a reflection of us. Dallas Willard basically says, our, our, the rest of us, like our body, our mind, our heart, I mean, our heart being the part of us that, that does our actions, right? All of that is a reflection of our soul. The soul is all of those things, including our body. And, and so he, he, he makes it clear, the soul is the real essence of who we are. It's the total person of who we are. And so he talks about like how, you know, some people have part of them developed, part of them that, that is in really great shape. And so he says, because that part of you is in really great shape, does that reflect that your soul is in great shape? And he says, no, 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 no. Um, part of you could be in great shape at the expense of other parts of you, right? You could be very successful in life at the expense of relationships and your walk with Jesus. That doesn't mean that your soul is, is healthy because one part of your life is successful or good or doing well at any given time. Um, and, and so he makes it clear all of those things, the, the, the combination of all those things, that is the reflection of our soul, not just part of us at any given time. And and I think that's important for, for us to know. It's important for me to know because there are times where I will elevate one of those parts over the other. And, um, I, I will try, I really try to, um, you know, work on one part of myself thinking that that's what it means to work on my soul. And while there will be times when we need to work on a part of ourselves at any given time, um, we need to focus on, on our whole self. And, um, in doing that, one of the things that I did realize is for the last few years, um, at Hillside Church and even in this podcast, the reason for doing this podcast, in fact, was what we were talking about primarily was how we were living out our faith what it looked like to live our faith. And it was the, it was all about the output of faith. And of course, the reason why I've done that is, um, in, in many churches that I've looked into and many ministries that I've seen and learned from, um, the pastors, the churches, the Christians, sometimes the Christian music reflects us that, that faith and, and our walk with Jesus for many of them, is all about our input. It's all about like, what do I get out of this? You know, what, what do I get when I go to church? How blessed do I feel? How inspired am I? How loved do I feel when I leave church? How much are my kids taught, you know, so that I don't have to teach them, right? That, that's what goes in. How much am I entertained? That's what goes into a lot of people's mind when they choose, you know, what church that they go to. So a lot of the Christian community and Christian teaching has been all about input. And so my reaction to that over the last couple of years was to do some series, starting with the My Pursuit series, which started this My Pursuit podcast, um, going through that to say, let's talk about our output and how we're living this out. We're going to look at a scripture at the beginning of the week, and we're going to talk about how am I going to live this by the end of the week. So so that's that's what we've been doing um, for, for a couple of years. But 
I think maybe we've sacrificed a little bit on talking about the input, talking about what we take in. And one of the things that I'm very, very convinced of after studying this more and more is that the way God designed our bodies was to have an input and an output, right? We, we eat stuff for, to be fuel, and then there's exercise that's expected of us. There's work that's expected of us. And if all we do is, is input, we become unhealthy. And I think that the same thing is true in relationships. The same thing is definitely true in our spirituality, too, in our walk of faith with Jesus. Um, we, if we're all about our input, we become very, very unhealthy. And so what, what I've been doing in these podcasts was focusing on output. But now in focusing on output, I wonder if me personally and that focus on me maybe has gotten me away from doing what I needed to do or taking in what I needed to take in order to take care of my soul. So during this series um, of the My Pursuit podcast, we're going to talk about how we feed our soul and what different fuels will inspire in us, what actions will come out of different fuels. And I'm going to tell you, at the beginning of these weeks, as I go into this, I might be very, very clueless um, as, as I look into scripture and look at some stories of fuel that people are using or, or what um, Jesus called us to use or what Paul called us to use, I might be very clueless as to what the outcome of that is. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a, a guinea pig. I'm going to, to take this on and, and eat the soul food at the beginning of the week and continue to eat it through the week and see what it does to my life during that week. So that's what we're going to be going on about during this little segment. And um, so today, uh, let, let me throw one of these out there that I've been working on over the last couple of weeks, um, just as a little bit of an, an example. Um, one of the things, and by the way, if you hear some rattling in the background during part of this um, intro to the podcast, it is because in the back of my car, there's a, a fishing rod that has a lure that has some little ball bearings inside of it. And I should have cut that off before I put that in the car because it is driving me crazy uh, this morning. That's half of what I'm thinking about while I'm talking to you. If you hear it right there, that's what's going on. So <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things that I've been trying to focus on as I've been focusing this last month on how to, um, how to keep my soul, how to work on my soul and how to feed my soul um, has been the concept of Sabbath. Um, in scripture, right, we're, we're told that when, when God created the heavens and the earth and he created all those things, he does that for six days. And on the seventh day, it says he took a day off. He, he rested. Um, and it's, it's fascinating that he did that. And it's fascinating that one of the Ten Commandments is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And um, I've got to admit um, I've known that that's a Ten Commandment. I've I've spoken on that particular commandment. I've spoken and said in front of a church full of people in the past that that commandment is one of the top ten things that God wanted us to know and wanted us to live by and wanted us to do since the very beginning of things. It's one of the top ten. I mean, he puts that in there over a lot of other stuff, Right. I mean, that's one of the top 10 commandments. And yet that's one that, that I don't see. And again, in the American Christian church culture, I see very little talk about this particular topic, um, especially in the American culture that values so much this idea of workaholism 
that values so much this idea of, you know, the more you work, the more you get, you know, and, and that's how things should work. That There's this American dream that you need to work your fingers to the bone and that, that there's like some honor in that and some glory in that. We live in a culture that talks about that. It's definitely not a godly thing um, when it comes down to it. Not that God doesn't want us to work hard and work well. God just tells us, I've designed you for a Sabbath. And a Sabbath is a day a week that we take off where we don't particularly work, where we don't go and do our normal routine and our normal job. It's a time where we take away from the routine and and we, we step away and we have that day for us, for our soul, for us to delight in God's creation, um, for us. And remember, you know, in that scripture, remember Sabbath and do what and keep it holy. So God's calling us on that day. Hey, hey this isn't a day for you to take off of your relationship from God. This isn't a day for you to take off and, and do something wrong. This is a day for you to, to take off and do things that are good for you, good for your soul, good for your spirit, good for how you live. And so that's one of the things that I hadn't done. Um, and I hadn't done it well at all. Um, in fact, I've got to admit, I, I probably went, I, I don't know how many weeks in a row without a Sabbath. Um, it's kind of embarrassing to admit how much or how little attention I, I paid to that. Um, so anyway, this last month I've recommitted myself to every week taking a day, um, taking a day to delight in God's creation to do things that, that I love and um, uh, to do things that bring me closer to God, to do things that um, that settle my soul, that help me feel balanced and good and right, uh, that give me time to think in time with God. And, and so one of those things that um, I'd done in the past was I, I would golf. Um, that, that was a very enjoyable way of, you know, for me, spending time, you know, in my own mind, which means I can spend time with God. And, and so I, I love doing that. Unfortunately, that's not been as pleasant of a thing to do um, these past few years. And that's simply because when you are the director of golf at a golf course, trying to get out there and golf alone is next to impossible. Um, when you are out there, people will track you down and tell you that the bunker on hole number six doesn't have enough sand in it. Um, and that that caused them to hit a bad shot and they, um, didn't win the club championship because of it. Um, you'll have that happen. Uh, you, you'll have people who will come up to you and tell you that people are driving their golf cart right next to the green and that somebody should go out there and tell them to stop it. And you'll have people who tell you that there are bees present on the course and you need to make sure that every beehive is taken care of. And uh, it, it's not a relaxing thing to go and golf right now for me. Um, not even relaxing for me to golf at another course because there, there are actually so few people that golf in like Western Washington where we are right now. If I go to another course, and I'm not kidding, I I legitimately know half the people that are playing golf. Like they they know who I am. Um, it's it's just not relaxing to do that all the time. And so I've been doing less and less of that, even though I do love the sport. And I love the game. Um, so one of the things I decided to start doing is I decided to start fishing again, which is something that during my um, my childhood, um, at, you know, all the way through high school, even into college. I loved it. I mean, fishing was huge for me. I really enjoyed fishing. 
um, whether it was alone or with other people. Um, I enjoyed being outside to do it. I enjoyed the challenge of, you know, stalking the fish and trying to figure out how to, you know, get them on the shore. And I've always enjoyed that. Um, it's kind of a weird hobby for some of you. I mean, some of you might go, isn't that cruel? You know, like, and I just kind of say, well, you're kind of piercing the lip of a fish. I, I think it's okay. You know, I think they're going to, they're going to be fine. Um, I throw them back by the way. I don't, I don't eat them. Um, so bass fishing has been one of my things for like ever since I was a kid. I mean, I used to wake up on Saturday mornings at 4 a.m., put a put a videotape in the VCR that we could never figure out how to program correctly, and I would record the fishing shows that were on ESPN in, and PBS in the morning. I would record those for about an hour and a half or two hours, um, and as soon as it was light, I would leave those shows recording run outside where we live next to a man-made lake, um, in, in Arizona, I, I would ride my bike to my favorite fishing spot, um, carrying, you know, at least two fishing poles and, um, you know, a backpack full of tackle. And I, I get out there to my fishing holes and I, I go fishing until they stop biting cause it would get too hot. And then I'd go back inside and I'd watch the fishing shows. And I'd usually watch those fishing shows two or three times a piece, uh, because I loved it. It, it was a blast to me. Um, and I couldn't wait to get back out there the next time. A big day was when I could convince my mom and dad to take me over to Kmart so that I could buy a new fishing lure because that was a blast to me. I loved doing it. Um, so that, that has always been a big thing to me. So I decided at the beginning of August, I said, I'm going to get back into fishing. That was just a, a real conscious decision I made. And uh, so I started asking some people about it. And they said, well, it's expensive in the Northwest because you have to have a boat there really aren't too many lakes where you can fish from the shore at all. And that was kind of a, a blow hearing that. And so, you know, I, I know I'm not financially in the position to buy a boat, especially a bass boat, you know, which can cost, you know, 25, 30, $40,000. And I'm, I'm not in the place to do that. So I started dreaming a little bit more about it and I started to see more and more, um, kayak fishermen. So I decided, this is going to be my thing. I really want to get a kayak. So I bought a kayak and I decided I'm going to go out there and fish. So I had to equip my car to carry this kayak. I had to, you know, find the kayak, find a cheap one, which you can actually find kayaks pretty inexpensively, which was a huge relief to me. I thought they'd be, you know, a thousand dollars and they're actually, you can find really good ones for nowhere near that much. Um, so I, I found this kayak and I resurrected my fishing gear. I had, I probably had to invest a little bit in that too. And so I've started fishing. Um, and that's part of what I'm doing on my Sabbath. So I'm taking a day and taking a day to myself where I haul the kayak out to one of these beautiful lakes around us, launch my kayak and go sit in that and fish and think and pray and, and all that. So um, that's what I've been doing the last few weeks. Now I'm going to talk at the end of this podcast. I'm going to record the end of this and it'll be a short end of this podcast, um, on my way home at the end of the week. But I have a Sabbath coming up this week. I'm taking my Sabbath on Wednesday and I'll be recording this podcast at the end of the week to let you know how it went, um, and what went on with it. So, um, I'm excited to share that with you. I'm really happy about this journey that I'm on and I'm excited, uh, for our church, for anybody who would listen to this. Um, and what it's going to mean to start focusing on taking some soul food and, and really thinking about um, what does God want for us to input into ourselves um, so that we can have the output 
that he calls us to have as well. So I'm glad that you guys are listening to this. Um, I'm excited to get back to you at the end of the week. So I'll, I'll, I'll be right back in your time in a week in my time. All right. Well, I'm back. It is the end of the week. Um, Obviously, you're still listening to this and thank you for still listening. But um, I'm back. It is the end of the week. Uh, Long week. Lots of stuff going on. First week of school. First week that the kids are in school. And so there's just a lot happening this week. And so um, what I reported to you was that, um, you know, at the beginning of the week, what I was really struck by and thinking through and what I've actually been working on for the last few weeks and not just this week was the thought of taking a Sabbath. Um, and I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about what that's done for me over the last few weeks and why it's meaningful. Um, and I guess as I was, um, you know, before I left work, I was kind of going through in my brain what, what my thoughts were on the experience of taking a Sabbath, um, weekly, uh, for the last month when I have not been so great at it in the past. And, you know, I, I really decided that I I didn't have anything groundbreaking earth shattering to share. It's not that I'm saying, Hey, I took a Sabbath and everything that I was dealing with or struggling with or worried about or any of that stuff, that's all gone. And that's certainly not the case. However, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, what I, what I kind of realized, here's what I've realized from taking a Sabbath, um, every week, uh, for this last month, I, I would, I would characterize life before that as just feeling like I was treading water with, with hardly being able to breathe. Um, it felt like I was constantly working really hard just to, just to tread water, just to stay where I was. And what I'll tell you in the last month, um, taking the time to take a Sabbath, having a day where, and, and for most of the days, I'll, I'll be honest, what I, what I did do was fish, um, which is what I think I said, um, at the beginning of the week was, was my intent anyway. Um, that is what I did for, for most of the Sabbath. Well, for everyone, except for one Sabbath that I had, um, during the last month. And what I feel like was, it was the time during the week that allowed me to catch my breath. Um, and by that, I don't just mean I felt more rested. In fact, at the end of every Sabbath that I've taken this week, I I don't know that I would say that my feeling was I was refreshed. I don't know that I would say like, wow, I just ended the day and I, I just felt like, hey, I could just get right back at it. But I I definitely felt like there was an opportunity to take a breath. The opportunity, um, because there was margin a margin of time that was created where I could take a little bit of time and think. Um, I could take a little bit of time and pray. And when I say think, I, I don't mean just like think about fishing. I, I mean like to think about life, to think about what's going on, to put things in perspective. And, um, that's another big part of this that I was thinking through is that, um, by taking a Sabbath, it allowed me to, um, to put some things in perspective that I probably, I really didn't have 
in the right perspective going into um, these last uh, this this last month, and um, and that was very helpful as well. And I, I don't know that I've been very good at keeping things in their proper perspective. And so I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to do that too. Um, but what I have found is that while I can survive without a Sabbath, um, a Sabbath makes my life richer. Um, it gives me time to think. It gives me time to pray. It gives me time to think about what's important um, and put things into perspective. And it gets, it gives me time to um really appreciate uh, God's creation, to appreciate um, my own life, to appreciate my family, my kids, the fact that I have a a home and a church and a job and a family. And I mean, that's what Sabbath really kind of did for me this last month. So I I wouldn't say, hey, it's resolved every problem that I've got. But I would say um, I I, I would be very worried about where I would be right now if I didn't take that time this month, because this has been a stressful month. And, and I think that, um, that that stress would have created different unhealthy things in me if I wasn't taking a Sabbath during this month. So um, that, that to me was the soul food that I've taken over these last few weeks is I fed my soul exactly what God said to do, which was to take some time to take a Sabbath um, to enjoy creation, to delight, I guess is the word that Dana Ellender uses in his book, um, which is titled Sabbath, which I read, um, gosh, about a year and a half ago. And that really impacted me um, just thinking through that that thought. And um, it's really kind of pushed me towards, um, towards thinking I do need to enjoy God's creation more. Um, whether it's reading a book, which is something I can always do no matter where I am, or taking time to go fishing. And, um, with that thought in mind, what I've actually, um, I, I left work a little bit early today because it w- it's been a fairly not busy day. Um, which is funny at the end of a very busy week to have this day where there was just a little bit more space and time. And, um, and, uh, I didn't have a bunch of lessons booked today, so I left a little bit early and I'm even thinking about throwing the kayak on the car and heading out to the lake and trying to fish for a little while. Um, it's been raining on me on the way home, but it's something that I want to do. And I'd love to have that feeling, even though it's not Sabbath. I mean, it could be, maybe I'll even consider it part of a Sabbath. I mean, it's not a whole day, but I'll be Sabbathing for part of a day. Is that even a thing? I, I don't know. I got, I got to read about that. Um, but taking part of the day to, to do that and to, um, just have my mind straight and refreshed, um, before I go and speak at church tomorrow, I'll be very excited to do that. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping to get the chance to do that. I, I don't know what the weather's going to look like, but, um, I really have found that that's been something that's, um, relaxed me, given me perspective. Um, I hate this word, um, but I would also say it's centered me. Um, I know that that's kind of a new agey, um, you know, psychological term, but I, I think that that's a real thing. Um, and being centered means just to kind of have life in the, in the proper place and, and things in the proper perspective and proper place. And, and that would be a good word for how I feel that the Sabbath has helped me, um, this month. So anyway, that's, that's what I have to share with you. Um, I'm going to be sharing is going to be a lot different starting in the next episode because I will be sharing on a weekly basis about a new one. So I won't have gone through 
um, something new for an entire month before I share it with you. And I won't have the big introduction every week. Um, so these episodes will be a, a little bit different um, coming up. But I'm really excited to be back doing this. I'm thrilled that you guys are listening and um, really, really happy to get back to um, to a life of you know, experiencing soul food and what it does um, for me. So anyway, with that, um, I'm going to kind of leave it. Um, I, I'm not going to talk so much this week about what that's done in my interaction with people. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say in my own mind that that's given me more perspective, which I do think has had an impact on how I've dealt with other situations and other people this, this month. So anyway, um, thank you guys for listening to this. I'm looking forward to getting to do this on a regular basis and, uh, and really getting into the thought and the process of what soul food looks like. So thanks for listening to this. Um, I really would welcome your comments or questions. Um, and I do have an email. It's my pursuit at outlook.com. Feel free to email me anytime to let me know if you have questions that you'd like me to respond to. I think I'll start doing that again as part of this series. So I'd love to get your input and your response as well. So once again, thank you guys and look forward to talking to you next week. Just in